My name is Melissa Gearing and I am The Naked Naturopath. Thanks for listening in. Today I have a very special guest with me. I'm here with Cherie Sheldon. I am proud to call Cherie a friend and colleague and I'm lucky enough to work with her at our shared Hamilton clinic within Newcastle Health Collective. Over the time I've known Cherie, she's shown nothing but cold, hard determination for our industry and what we do and her own practice as well. And it's such a pleasure to have her here today and to, for her to share her knowledge with us. Welcome. Thank you. I find that every person in our industry kind of has a story, so I thought I might start there with how you came to be a part of this, what we do. <laughs> yeah, yep, fair enough. No, I'm always interested in that too. So I guess um, it starts when I was a kid, and I was one of those kids that was the sickly one. So head to toe eczema from three months old until... I think I grew out of it in primary school or maybe even early high school. So it wasn't very pleasant. I always had tummy issues. And in high school, I started sort of taking um, a bit of more care of myself, being a bit more self-aware of things and became a teenage vegetarian. My skin cleared up and I felt great. I always, um, you know, I guess looked vital at that stage but then I started having really bad side effects of um, no meat and not enough protein and I did the vegetarian diet very very poorly so my first experience with a naturopath was at that stage and I got a little bit of support started to feel better I had some more health issues in my early 20s and I had put on let's say 50 kilos in the space of a year and it was pretty intense i was working as a chef high stress we i'd moved with my partner who is i'm still with now but away from all of our family friends and it was a very hard time so again i saw a naturopath and went on this journey to healing I decided that I needed to learn about food as medicine so I enrolled in nutrition just with the goal of as being a chef um, starting to cook a little bit healthier and through that I totally fell in love with nutritional medicine and pretty much reversed all of my health things so I lost weight I didn't have PCOS anymore my moods really um, leveled out and I went back to my normal happy self and pain went away. So at one stage, uh, my husband and I were reminiscing recently about when we moved away, I was in pain every day, back, wrist, headaches. It was chronic. And um, yeah, I, I don't look like that anymore. I'm vital, healthy, it's, it's amazing. So through the journey of studying nutritional medicine, I discovered herbs and fell in love with what herbal medicine can do and then decided to upgrade and round it all off with naturopathy. And as part of that, I did homeopathy, which is fascinating. And yeah, that's my story. When I started, I guess, being able to see clients, it really cemented in me how powerful 
naturopathy can be. Mm. And I feel, I guess, blessed for want of a better word that I have found my right path. Yeah. I think that many of our colleagues feel that way and they've come, you know, to be, to become a healer because of their own health journey and the fact that they've been able to make themselves well or with the help of some other, you know, naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, and now they want to share that. Yeah. And they're really passionate about sharing that. Completely. Yeah. There's, there's no better feeling than when you, a client comes back um, and says, you've changed my life or even doesn't come back and you've gone, you, you know, follow up with them and say, how are you going? And they're like, amazing don't need you anymore don't need you anymore yeah love it that's the best feeling you go well damn it i lost a client but that's what i'm here for yeah you know and then you can help the next five people who come along because you don't want your books you know overfilled with healthy clients anyway at the end of the day yeah we want to practice preventative medicine but we also want to really heal the the nation like of australia that's so unwell at the moment so many chronically sick people and i think because it's their normal they don't yeah. realise that there is another way. Yeah. There's a, another option. And, you know, I find it easy to say, you know, well, just change your diet. But if they've been eating that way for so long, it's overwhelming. So mm-hmm. that's my job to hold their hand, yeah. to teach them how to change things and, and get them. So their new normal is feeling amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Great. I think it's, so interesting when somebody comes to you and they're like oh this is my problem and and it's a huge problem for them and you're in your head just going this is easy i can fix this no worries i had a lady come to me with insulin resistance a few months ago and she was only just just getting into that range and two weeks of a diet change and her insulin no insulin resistance completely normal again yeah so that that was so easy and she was just uh, you know food it's powerful yeah our cells know what we absolutely yeah and similar stories with you know there's people with high blood pressure very simple changes some some supplements some herbs and down it goes no need for medication there which is awesome yeah i really think you know i'm super passionate about medicine as well but we really need to keep that for when we are unwell totally rather than maintenance and prevention and all that kind of stuff that's where our stuff comes in yep i i I totally agree and i think um sometimes naturopaths do have a reputation of being anti-medicine and it's it's definitely not the case. Medicine has its place. It's powerful. It, you know, it can prevent disease, but we need to be really aware of that line of appropriateness and um, what's actually beneficial. Look at the research. Look at the current research with medicines, not when it was, you know, first came out mm. 50 years ago of some type of medications. Yeah, because it changes. Yeah. Definitely. And for me, I think that, you know, a lot of you will know that I teach, um, you know, herbal medicine. And for me, a big part of that is teaching that integration and that complementary, um, you know, approach to mm-hmm. medicine. I think it's really important. Yeah, I think heaps of people, I see lots of people with mental health issues and, you know, they're unaware that if they're already on an antidepressant or, an, you know, anti-anxiety mm. medication that... Um, if we add in some herbs, it will actually make their medicine more effective. Yeah, make it work better. All they know is that their doctor has said, don't have St. John's wort. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the research with that is also mixed, you know, um, whether you, you can or not. But if people have been told don't, they they won't. But there's other op- options. Saffron, 
I really have like 10 herbs in my passion, head right now. Passion for that. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many other herbs, let alone supplements yeah. that we can use and, and to assist with the um, side effects. If they have any minor side effects from that medication, I'd love to keep them on it, but then get, you know, get around those side effects so Certainly. that medication can work better for them and they can get an overall better response. Yep. And that goes for most medications. Yeah. You know, not just your antidepressants. So you mentioned food as medicine. Mm-hmm. I have this um, picture on my laptop on the background and it's, you know, it says food can be the most powerful, amazing, you know, beautiful medicine that we have access to, or it can be the slowest form of poison that kills us. Yeah. So using the right food for the right things is really important. Yep. Yeah. So I, um, I love teaching kids about food and I did my eat a rainbow class again this morning with a group of preschool kids and you know just teaching them that about colorful foods and and fresh fruit and vegetables it was very interesting to me that when we talked about you know red foods that some of the kids their first options are you know red gummy bears cordial and I was like okay that's not a real food that's sometimes food that you have to be very careful about. That's not going to make you healthy. And um, that's all they know, some kids. So it's getting, you know, all the the education in so early because our bodies do respond to what we feed it. And I think to some parents that's shocking. To some parents it just completely makes sense. But, um, you know, if, if we have the choice of a strawberry or a strawberry um, lolly, if you give it to a kid, the kid will take the lolly. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, natural for them to want to have... We're innately attracted to that yeah, sugar. sugar, yeah. it looks like a toy. But, you know, it's our job as parents, caregivers, uh, you know, educators to teach them the better way and that they will thrive and and um, and grow. I talked I talk to them about their... Their inner army, their internal army, and yeah, if cool. we feed the internal army, the colours it gets, their muscles get stronger. And Sorry, right. I drew a picture of the army for one of my adult clients yeah. the other day. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. This is probably a really good time for you to tell our listeners a bit more about um, what you do, because I know we, to the general public, we're the same. You know, you and I, we're we're herbalists, we're naturopaths, we're nutritionists, we're all of those things. Yeah. But what you and I do is quite different. Um, and how we approach it is quite different. I think that could be said across the board for most naturopaths. We tend to have um, things that we're really good at yep. and then things that we all kind of know, but, you know, special interests, if you like. Yeah. I think, um, so for me, I tend to look at diet first always and I try to make very simple changes for people. Um, hold their hands. If I can see that they their diet needs an overhaul of every single aspect of it, I can't give it to them in one go because it's it's too big yeah. and that it's... Um, it's very it, overwhelming. Yeah, people. scary. They get sad. They can't they can't commit to anything like that. I want them to be successful long-term. So we'll overhaul so it might be, okay, let's just look at breakfast. And so, for example, I had this conversation with someone the other day who has... Um, Nutella on toast for breakfast every day, white bread. And my my first thought was, oh, my goodness, you know, how does that set you up for the day? And I was like, okay, let's tweak. 
Let's tweak, tweak, tweak to get you to the point where you're having Bircher muesli. How do you get there? Um, so you start with wholemeal bread with your Nutella. Then you switch your, your Nutella to an um, organic brand. Mm -hmm. A natural version. A natural version. Yeah, yeah. Look, at, look at what's in it, the ingredients. It'll cost you twice as much, so then you will spread half as much because you are like, there's no way I'm putting that a, a centimetre thick. That $12 little yeah. thing. Yeah. But it's worth it. Yeah. And then you go, oh, yeah, this is awesome. I love it. I've acclimatised the taste of this, but it is expensive. So let's teach you how to make your own. Yeah. And we talk about, you know, ingredients, organic over, um, you know, conventional and why that's important for your body um, teach you tricks of how to, to tweak things and then we'll take that everyday breakfast and make it just a weekend breakfast and introduce other things that yeah, will like, if you like chocolate then it'll be all right let's let's make porridge and put some raw cacao in it you got chocolate for breakfast but it's going to be beneficial yeah. for you and you know I guess I, I do things like that but I'm also I'm absolutely fascinated with um, the world of nutrigenomics so how our genes interact with nutrition and I do utilise this a lot with um, people that are chronically sick or have been to lots of people and they can't connect dots. So someone like me, you know, um, who had eczema, who had allergies, who then had um, And polycystic ovary syndrome and so nutrigenomics sort of connects the dots and lays it all out for you awesome I think whenever I have a client come and they've they've got that kind of diet I uh, I try not to take anything out so that I don't shock them like avoid that shock value and I just start putting little things in yeah crowded out yeah you know like so they've got that Nutella on toast and say what if we put a boiled egg in with that Nutella on toast you know, like you can eat it separately. You can take it to work and do what you like with it. Yeah. One of the things that fascinates me about you and that, um, you know, we're all trying to learn off you is your interest in MTHFR and in particular um, how you work with children, those two things. Would you mind telling us a little bit more no, about that? that's fine. That? Yeah, so I, I guess early on in my study, I wanted to sort of focus on just a few things and be really um, specialised in my knowledge of those areas. I didn't want to be a GP style naturopath where I could treat, you know, average, um, have average results with, with everybody. I wanted to be, have outstanding results with just a few people. So I focus on children, pregnancy, fertility and MTHFR. And I stumbled across MTHFR when I was, was studying and it was relevant with um, autism. And so that's what sparked my interest in it. And then I, the more I learnt, the more huge it is. So um, the first couple of, of specialised webinars I did with, with it was mental health, um, cardiology, cancer, and it opened my eyes to how huge this one gene can affect you. At that stage, I did not know I had the gene either. So, I mean, everybody has a copy of MTHFR gene, but you've, some people inherit mutations of it. And depending on which mutation you have, 
is if you are uh, affected dramatically or not. So they call it a down regulation. And I have what's in the research the worst kind to inherit. And it really it has affected my life dramatically and tragically. And it's made me more determined to support people that have this gene um, mutation and, you know, I guess teach them how you can override it. So we're not stuck with um, a terrible pathway because of the genes we can we inherit. We, we can shut them up. We can <laughs> override them. Silence is the nice term. And, it, it, and it's through... Um, dietary manipulation supplements that are really specific for um, what they call the cofactors. So if you imagine inside your body you're a clock, you've got all these cogs and if you've inherited some, the cogs go slower. So we need to grease the cogs hmm. and that's my whole aim is to teach you how to grease your cogs and educate you of how you need to do it for the rest of your life. Yeah, great. I think one of the criticisms that I'm hearing a lot um, for MTHFR is that it's this one gene in our whole body and it's so isolated and, you know, all this stuff. But I think if you are educated like you are and you have worked with it and you have that clinical experience and you use it, use that information correctly, like any test, you know, yeah. you can send off for all the tests in the world, but if you don't use that information correctly, it's not going to be helpful. It is in just the long a snapshot run. and there's lots and lots of other genes that can affect. So on, along the same pathway, you can have multiple mutations of, you know, up to eight different genes or more. But if they've, they're all downregulated, then that you're going to have, more issues than someone who only has a mutation with one of the genes. So you're looking at that domino effect yeah, through yeah. the body. Um, so, you know, looking at, it's not just saying, okay, you, you have this, you, it, it's not a disease state that we've got. It's a, it is a inherited um, mutation on our genes. They call it a polymorphism and it's very common. So, um, they think at the moment with the current research is 35% of the population in Australia has some sort of variation on normal. Mm -hmm. um, in my practice, it's been 99% of people. I've had one person come back with no mutations. Yeah, that's it. Out of all the people. Same. Yeah. So and we both sitting here have mutations. Yeah. And we didn't know that when we got into naturopathy no. and started looking at these yeah. things uh, from an alternative perspective. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and um, you know, it, it is inheritable. So I've looked at my daughter's genes mm. as part of um, preventative medicine. So she's got the same mutation as I have. She's got some pretty hairy ones that I don't have that she's inherited from a dad's side. So to me, that help makes me be even more determined with, with my health and food choices for her and teaching her why that's important. It's not just me saying you have to eat this because mm. it's me saying this is going to make your brain function better. This yeah. is going to give, not give you tummy aches yeah. and this is going to help you sleep better. So um, with MTHFR, look, it's so huge and I can go off in so many tangents and ramble for hours Um the first workshop I did on it was supposed to be 90 minutes and I think we were there for three hours <laughs> <laughs> because it 
it's huge and i like to answer everyone's questions because yeah. it's it's massive people want information about this right yeah they want to know what's going on and the word mutation tends to scare people yeah, as well it's, it's not, it's not something that we um you know overly use in our clinic yeah. one I, I like to say the variant on normal yeah yeah and the whole point of learning about this is so that you can utilize this nutrigenomics yeah. effectively efficiently we can tell our foods we can communicate with our foods uh, ourselves through our foods right yes yeah and your cells start to, to remember what you give them and start to respond in a positive manner um, quicker if it's more frequent. Mm. It's amazing. So if you are constantly giving it hot chips, then Marcus. it will respond in a way that um, you know needs to digest that. Different enzymes are, are sent out and um, different messages throughout the brain. Where if you send something that's, you know, nutrient dense, colorful, um, your body will be like, yes, all right, let's have a party. Every cell can get something beneficial from this now. This is awesome. There is such a beauty in that because it gives you power back to eat foods, like those sometimes foods, those occasional foods, sometimes and occasionally again. You know, I some of you will know my story. I was very sick for a really long time and I actually went to my parents. I've been well now for again like you know probably what a year and a half two years yeah and i went to my parents house the other night and all they had was chicken schnitzel and i was starving so i ate a chicken schnitzel i would have never been able to do that it's because of all the work that i do around that that you know that helps and man that's my chicken schnitzel for like the year or maybe the next two years i don't i don't really <laughs> like it anyway but it'll you know all of that work and that you know feeding all of that good stuff and building all of those you know uh, walls up has really allowed me to, to go and do that sometimes. Yes. Yeah. And not be sick as a dog if somebody accidentally puts something in my food that I, you know, I used to react really harshly to. Yeah. Yeah. I, healing is the, the key as well. So I do see a lot of people who know they react to certain food, take it away, and don't realize that while they're taking it away, there's, they need to do repair work yeah and encourage the body to heal and it's not a two-week thing mm -mm. <laughs> just taking those foods out like i'm talking the last two years you know constantly getting help from all of you guys and and working and eating the right foods and taking the right supplements and and doing yoga and it's not just what we do as well you know like um it's it's everything outside of that it's the stress yeah it's your environment it's you know it's all of those factors come into play so i think most of my clients will be able to tell you, you know, the, the thing that I say is the most important is stress management, mm -hmm. especially if you have a MTHFR mutation, but it, it's for everyone. Autoimmune condition. Yeah. <laughs> stress is yeah. your biggest trigger, you know, to, yeah. that, to that immune system. Um, heart events, you yeah. know, they are all linked to stress events. It's not cholesterol that will cause, um, you know, an infarction. It's a stressful event causing the plaque to rupture. And so it's all, you know, I guess our main role, as I see it, is to, to teach We're people teachers. absolutely what is the better way for them to fit into their lifestyle or to encourage them to say, to say okay, actually your lifestyle at the moment is pretty toxic. Yeah. And high stress, poor diet, no sleep. You can't do that long term. It's not even, you know, short term. I wouldn't even encourage. But I know, I know some people. You know, life is life, and um, 
shit happens all the time. So, but we've got to make smarter choices for ourselves. Yeah, and it's building those foundations to be able to cope better when shit does happen. Yeah. Because you, that's out of your control and it does happen sometimes, but you don't have to have shit happen every single day of your life. You can control that to some degree yeah. and manage that and make your life, you know, a beautiful life and a life you want to live and, you know, a life that is good for you and doesn't make you sick in yeah. the end. Yeah, oh, that's key. I know a lot of people, you know, they say, well, will I never be able to have this again? Well, it's up to you, but you'll get to the point, in my view, where you won't want to. You don't want to, yeah. You'll be like, that, I don't know, glass of whatever or bowl of whatever it is that you think is your go-to Box. food now yeah. is actually the thing that is causing you inflammation, your brain fog, your pain, Weight gain. Yeah. yeah. And when you go without it and then you go, oh, I'm feeling really good. I'm going to have some. Then you go, oh, that was not cool. Mm. And But you'll go back for more a few times. It's a totally normal pattern because you you think you need that, I don't know, the comfort or whatever it is that's giving it to you. But then you learn other ways to get that. Mm. So I do... Um, do a lot of food psychology with people as well, which I think is different to, um, you know, other practitioners that, um, you know, we I talk about food as medicine, but it's also how are you viewing food? What are you doing with it? How, how are you treating it? Um, if it is just some sort of, I'm going to get a box out of the freezer and chuck it in the microwave, there's no respect, there's no, there's no love. connection. You're going to sit in front of the telly and eat it. There's mm. no mindfulness. There's no slowing down to allow your digestion to happen. So I do talk about, you know, cooking from scratch, putting love and intention into your food, yeah. enjoying the process, getting the kids involved so they're more invested in it, they're more likely to eat things. And then you are so proud of what you've produced totally. as well and you eat that and it's, it's full of all that... You know, all those beautiful, positive feelings. Yeah. I, don't, I think there's nothing better than going to somewhere where it's a shared food event and, you know, you're like, look what I made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, how did you do that? Yeah, I just flipped it up. And you might have been thinking about it, you know. For the last week. week. <laughs> right, how am I going to do this? What's going to do? And you've looked at 50 books and, you know. But you get to I do that point. still. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, but you do. Yeah, you get to that point where you... You have you, a few you play with things in the so bag too. Things in the bag and you go, right, pull this out. This is a Mel dish or this is a Cherie dish. And, mm. you know, people then start asking you for it. I know when I've made my cookbook, I have all of my closest friends and family. I now have another cookbook because they all said, is this in it? And I said, no, <laughs> didn't put that in because there's, there's so many things, you know, that you get to just be your base foods and that should become your every night, every week, you cook these beautiful foods for you and your family and it just becomes a habit and you enjoy it and, you know, all of those things. Yeah. I know when I go to special events with the family, I'll be asked for, you know, can you make your mango macadamia and prawn salad or can you make your purple cabbage coleslaw or what about that dessert you made last time? It was all raw and whatever it is. And I'll be like, oh, I made that last year. I want to make something. Yeah, really something They're like, oh, but that was so good. Yeah. The other beautiful thing is you can eat this way without taking the cardboard, gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, horrible food over to your family and they go, 
like why the hell would we eat that? Mm. It doesn't have to be like that. You can be taking these amazing foods. No one will even know it's gluten-free or whatever it's free from that you don't want to eat. No one will have a clue because it's this really yummy, tasty food, yeah. like full of love. I think that is um, it's, that's the mindset shift yeah. that we need to have is instead of focusing on what we can't have, yep. it's focusing on what we can have. And, you know, I, I can't have a, a few foods. There's quite a few things off the table at our house and it doesn't affect our diet or nutrition in Nobody's any way. going hungry in your house. No. <laughs> no. Except Bailey, who's hungry all the time. <laughs> oh, she's growing. <laughs> um, yeah, so we just we focus on what we can have and what we can have, we make it the best we can. Yeah. Yeah. I remember in one of my first podcasts, if you haven't listened in from the start, I talk a lot about food as medicine and this idea that, um, you know, like in our industry, we're criticized for taking a lot of foods out. Mm. And, you know, I think that this new generation of naturopaths really has this food as medicine point of view and this going back to basics and real food um, kind of approach, which means there's a hell of a lot of food that you can have. Yeah. I think it's our duty to say... Um, what you can have rather than what you can't. Absolutely. And I do. I am disappointed for our industry yeah. when I get a client that comes in and says, well, I've just been told I can't have this, this, and this, and I don't know where to go to from yeah. there. Or I can't have these 12 things yeah. <laughs> like happened to me, yeah. you know, and I just went home and cried. Mm. So what the hell am I going to eat? Yeah. Our list on the fridge is probably that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got – you are uh, – Working with food, you're aware of food, you're positive around food, and you know all of the beautiful things that you can have. Um, yeah. And I also think the benefit of removing the foods that are inflammatory, inflammatory to your body at that point is, is way more important than keeping them in because you like the taste of it. Yeah. It's yep. so much more important. <laughs> if you ignore what your body is trying to tell you, you are going to cause long-term issues. Those symptoms are the only way our body has to tell us. Mm -hmm. That's your body talking to you. That's your body saying, hey, something's wrong, something's yeah. up, something's not working here. This food doesn't communicate with me properly. Yeah. We and, and there's lots of different things that do does that with, I guess. Most people think that an instant reaction to a food will just be um, diarrhea or vomiting, but there's so many other things it, it does. Anaphylaxis rash. You yeah, know, you yeah, yeah, allergy instant, kind of things. Yeah. yeah. But there's stuff like... Um, so I know when I was sort of um, on and off gluten and thinking, you know, I'm, I'm off it at home for the sake of the rest of my family. I'm, I'm on it when I'm out because I'm okay with it. And then I realised I actually wasn't okay with it because my um, weird random rashes would start to clear up and then they'd come back again. They'd flare and I'd be like, hang on, did that flare after I had gluten? Yes. I'd do it again and again and I'm like okay now I'm really aware of it and it was got to the stage where it was like okay if you're not paying attention to this on your stomach I'm going to put it on your face and I got sort of um dandruff in my eyebrow for want of a mm. you know, better description and it happened when I had gluten and, and now I know if I'm, I've been accidentally gluten because uh, my eyebrow will start to get itchy and it's so weird that your body does that it's like oh you're not listening to me here okay We'll send you this. Send you this, and I see that with people who have had, you know, aches and pains, not listening, um, start to get restricted in what they can do, mm. exercise, not not listening, massive injury because they've overdone it, things like that, or it turns yeah. into, you know, 
an, an autoimmune condition mm-hmm. or you know they have some people for some reason have to wait until they can call it something to do something about it or see it on the blood test yeah and that's okay we yeah. can do that for them mm. but we can probably pick it from the start anyway you know i have a client who just to um not pick on any particular foods and for you guys to know that it's really individual for everyone i have a guy who every time he eats almonds his shoulder flares up mm. and he, he went on a paleo diet which is fine which is great we love eating you know back to our ancestors um but that's got a lot of nuts in it and yeah, a lot of almond based stuff yeah he ended up because we we did crossfit together and he ended up popping his shoulder having to go for surgery like all these issues and then in the end we figured out it's almonds because every time he would eat them it flares back up so he doesn't need the almonds anymore and his shoulder's fine and yeah. he could have maybe avoided that injury like just knowing that yeah almonds you know which are a great food mm. food intolerances aren't always our bad foods, what we think oh, of as my, bad my foods. My random one is cucumber. I have capsicum. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Like, <laughs> how, do, how are you going to figure that out for yourself if it's not um, you know, a food that you eat individually? Yeah. Nobody eats cucumber all day, every day for three days so they can, you know, tell that mm. <laughs> that's upsetting them. Yeah. <laughs> I think that we'll put a link below um, to Sheree's next MTHFR webinar for those who are interested, as well as a link to her website, of course, um, for anyone who wants to go a bit further with that. And what, do you, are you, you have an upcoming uh, Eat a Rainbow class sometime soon? Oh, no. I've got a children's um, ailments class cool. coming on at the end of January. Okay. We'll keep your eyes yeah. peeled for that. What I would love to ask you before we go is, um, you know, I did this post on Instagram the other day of me with all these cords, white cords is my life at the moment, you know, mm-hmm. technology, learning technology. I had to do five YouTube videos, as I was telling you, to learn how to podcast. And what I'd love to ask you is, you know, we as a naturopath, as a herbalist, we have so many different hats now. You know, you used to just serve the community that was around you but now we're trying to reach broader audiences and and really spread a health message to a world that's saturated with poor messages and wrong incorrect messages and all that kind of thing and you know social media hat the you know the clinic hat the at home working at home the office the bookkeeper the everything and then you're a mum as well yeah how the hell do you do it i don't know what keeps you inspired what how do you do it so I, I did a thing recently where it was a um, you know looking at work life balance, and it's actually to look at it in that way is so wrong I guess because it's not if we look at life which people are saying is one you know tip of the scale life is yep chores exercise family time friends socialization sleep. That should not be equivalent, all of that, to work. So that helped me put things into perspective of I actually can't do a 40-hour week because there's not enough hours left in the day to make this other, the life balance, equal out. So choosing to reduce hours so I could spend more time with my family, on myself, with my friends, um, was very, very important to me. And so I feel like when I'm at work, I'm very, very focused. I'm motivated. I enjoy being there. I love seeing clients and it gives me enough energy to be able to fully commit to that and then be able to focus on everything else. 
and I, it is it's a skill I have to work on and to be present with my family is um, a worked on skill yeah. of okay I'm home from work now I've got probably 10 hours worth of stuff that I actually want to do but I've got half an hour to do it with before I pick up Bailey from school or whatever so do what I can shut the computer off present with them and then start again so not completing my to-do lists um, totally normal <laughs> really normal and yeah I've made myself okay with it and um to be not um to have things just you know I've got the pressing issues that I need to do like make sure that my current clients are supported and, and feel well supported but as for like the whole the chasing of the the new um I'm just letting that just happen organically and fall into place because I don't have enough hours in the day to mm. do that. And uh, I think my my number one thing above everything is to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. If my heart doesn't sing, I won't do it. So if someone asks me to do something, a job or, you know, certain things, and if I'm not instantly saying, yep, yeah, I want to do that, then the answer is no. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that this podcast was here yeah. <laughs> spend the time with me. I went to a seminar in Sydney on the weekend and she talked about no things and no clients and that being just as important as your yes things and your yes clients, which is what you're saying, yeah. which is beautiful, and having a profitable lifestyle business. And the key word in there is lifestyle. Yeah. Because we can all have profitable businesses and, you know, our home life falls apart, our yeah. uh, houses are you know a mess and our and our husbands never see us and you know we've got nannies and and daycare and all, all that kind of stuff but you want it to be we, we've got into this for our health right yeah for sure so if we then put all of our energy into a healing others which healers are classically known to do and then getting sick themselves or b into our business you know what's there everything left? else falls so, there's yeah. no there's no me left yeah don't look too closely at my house my garden <laughs> because you will see that that's the priorities that i just go eh that's not important to me right now but you'd rather be inside you know playing with bailey or doing yeah. your thing and yeah yeah see i'd rather be you know uh make sure that those emails are to my clients i know that when i get home if sammy's not home i've got you know that hour or half an hour and I go, my emails are to my clients that i promised today yeah um you know a couple of replies to my girls that need stuff and then i'm off yeah. i am off like you know i'm, I'm watching friends yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i also <laughs> yeah i think um being because i have um a daughter i think being a a role model to her is super important yeah so definitely. to show her that being at work is is not our main focus in life. Work is important because it gives us money. And our society, we need money. We're not in the um, bartering type of well, world sometimes. Anymore. Oh, yeah, sometimes. I bartered some juices the other day for some herbs. Nice. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I do – I've got a sort of semi-abundant garden, but, you know, I couldn't – I couldn't. we couldn't live on yeah. trying to swap – There's no farms around Lemongrass for – for half a cow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just not gonna happen. We need Couple the, of tomatoes. We need the money, and but you know, I I need to exercise. Um, I need to spend time with my friends and have just Cherie time instead of mm. being the mum time, and and I, I you know, 
I teach that to Bailey that it's important for me to, you know, catch up with my friends, have a laugh. And she comes um, and watches us do exercise and mm. gets into it herself. Which is great for her. Yeah, yeah. Such a, I feel empowered as a mum to be that that role model. That's awesome. Yeah. We have such a good community of um, colleagues as well that we lean on, yeah. catch up with, debrief, you know, because in our biz people tell us um, sometimes some really hard stories, you know, some sad stories, and we've got our own stories going on as well, which aren't always peachy. Yeah. So it's really nice to be able to um, have that time to debrief and catch up with each other. And I think that everybody should do that, you know, mm-hmm. whatever work they're doing really, but especially if you're a healer of some kind. Um, yeah, it's nice. I totally agree. So um, if you guys want more, we're going to put all the links below. We are available at our Hamilton Clinic within the Newcastle Health Collective. And you can also book with both of us on Skype. So you don't have to come and sit in the clinic, the beautiful clinic we've made. Yeah, it is beautiful. <laughs> Love it. Um, you can, you know, grab us on Skype, um, but do send us an email if you have any questions and stuff like that. And thank you so much for Thanks, your time. Man. Thanks for making Thanks me for a priority today. <laughs> no worries. And to the listeners. Yeah, anytime. Great. Well, not anytime. But, you know. <laughs> it could be Sheree time. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um,